0: What's up, gentlemen? This is Rising Phoenix Podcast, the podcast about how to rise up after your divorce. I'm your host, Michael Rhodes. Let's get into it. Joining me today is Andrew Liedem. Uh, Andrew, let's just uh, jump right into it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, so um, I uh, my backstory is um, I wrote a book on self-confidence probably about three years ago, and that book was uh, the kind of culmination of a really big for me, uh, I'd been going through a really difficult divorce, uh, and like a lot of people going through a divorce, I'd kind of really had some fairly hefty knocks to my self-esteem. I'd kind of lost a real sense of who I was. Uh, and at the point at which I kind of discovered what I what I now share and what I now teach, uh, I was absolutely at what you'd kind of call rock bottom. You know, I, I felt as lonely and as desolate and as empty as, you know, I think most people do when they're going through that process. Yeah. And... Uh, I remember really feeling like I don't know what the way back is from here you know I was like a lot of people you know obviously my marriage was over facing losing my kids my home everything I'd worked really hard for financially and so there was a real sense of you know where, where do I go from here and it wasn't just simply in terms of what does life look like but as much kind of who am I because everything that uh, had kind of created my identity at the time was kind of connected to my marriage and my family and and, and that role and so uh, i really felt like in this very very low place at that time i met two incredible mentors who basically taught me a whole different way of thinking uh, a whole different way of seeing myself and a whole different path to confidence and success uh, and i remember one of them said to me when i first started talking to him he said In six weeks, you won't recognize yourself. And in 12 weeks, no one else will recognize you either. Mm. Uh, And it was even quicker than that. Wow. Uh, And it's because what he showed me was, instead of having to uh, learn to become someone else, instead of having to kind of become some amazing person that fundamentally I thought I wasn't, he connected me to the amazing truth that I was always okay. The big thing he said to me was, um, uh, well, we'd gone through a lot of marriage counseling. And like a lot of people, I don't know if anyone's gone through that process, but it made me feel about a thousand times worse than I did going into it, deeply inadequate as a husband, father, man in general. Uh, And I remember saying to this guy, Stephen. I remember saying to him, if everything that they've told me is wrong with me is true, then there literally isn't enough time left in my life to put it all right. I remember figuring out if I fix that, then I fix that and I fix that. And he just smiled at me and said, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken and you don't need fixing. You've just lost your way. And um, uh, and he literally, as was always sort of showed me the path back. Yeah. In a, in a few weeks, I kind of, I felt remarkably different. And after 12 weeks, I felt this sense of uh, I knew not only I was okay, but that life would be okay, no matter what. And that's what I taught and that's what I share. Yeah.
0: Um, man, it's uh it's such an inspiration. And, and, you know, I, I the guys know that the, the purposes of this episode, uh, in particular, is is a series uh, called "Fixing Our Flaws," which um, allows us to to look at some of the things that maybe are limiting us or holding us back, or we believe are issues or whatever. And and so when when looking for someone to address that, I found your book, uh, and I found you, and and it's just. Uh, it's awesome that you have a shared experience because you can speak to these guys from a place of understanding. So uh, on that note, um, I I want to shift to the definition of self-esteem. How do you define it? I mean, I I think we all kind of know it's how we feel about ourselves, but how how do you personally define it?
1: Yeah, I think in a, in, in its simplest term, it's that we like, love, respect, and trust ourselves. Right. Um, Now, some of those words have some really unhelpful connotations. So when I talk to people about loving themselves, it gets immediately caught up in this sense of kind of, you know, frat boy arrogance, you know, all, all the rest of it. But right. uh, that, that isn't true. I always say to someone, if you, if you love your children, there's no arrogance in your love for them. You don't think they're fundamentally better than anyone else. You just love them for who they are. Yep. So I keep, and my question then is why is it different for ourselves? Mm. You know it's not it's fundamentally love is love there's nothing arrogant about love no. uh and i think the difference between i would say the difference between confidence and arrogance is consciousness right mm. so i would say i i'm aware of my flaws and there are many uh but i still love myself in the same way that i look at my kids my kids are human beings they're wonderful they're amazing they're incredible but they're human beings so they're flawed like all of us right but i don't love them any less because of their flaws so that sense of liking, loving, respecting, and trusting yourself is really the core of core of self-esteem, the core of self-confidence. And that foundation really allows you to be, you know, confidence is authenticity, that ability to be 100% of who you are, the very best of who you are, in every situation or context, no matter what's going on. And when you do that, that's when you feel fantastic about yourself.
0: So let's let's dive into that. What what are the things um, that men can do to start turning things around for themselves in terms of their self-esteem?
1: Yeah, so what I learned through the process that I went through is that nearly all teaching on confidence and self-esteem is back to front. Right. So what it fundamentally says is that, uh, as I mentioned sort of earlier on, that we are we are these flawed, inadequate, you know, uh, you know, so something's wrong with us, and we need to kind of change away from who we are in order to become that amazing person. In order to become fixed, in order to become better. Yeah. Well, it's fundamentally not true, right? The journey back to confidence and success is to recognize that uh, you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You don't need fixing. That you are. Uh, that you simply have to unlearn a whole series of unhelpful, uh, damaging, destructive ways of thinking that cause us to operate as less than the best of who we are. And one of the truths that I share with people is that who you really are is the version of you that you daydream about being, mm. that you are your highest aspiration. Because if you come down to it, if you really think of it, when you say, who are we really? Who we are really is who we would choose to be. Right? And it's fundamental truth. Now, the fact that we may not experience ourselves as that really comes down to, couple of things one is that we have a whole series of stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves mm-hmm. I'm not good enough I've failed I'm inadequate I'm not lovable etc and the second one is that we all have this negative voice in our head that I call our ego right it's that voice in your head that says to you all of those horrible things that you know your parents your teachers your friends your ex-wife whatever has ever said to you And it kind of sucker punches it sucker punches you with it every time you're trying to deal with something uh now if you think you are that negative voice in your head it's not really a surprise that you don't like yourself right so if you take all of the things that that negative voice said and you put it into a person who was standing right next to you you wouldn't like that person so if that's who you think you are then it's not a surprise that most people struggle with that mm. but that voice in our head is, is never the truth about who we are and never will be it's uh it's part of um, our psychology that's there to kind of keep us safe and it defines safe as familiar and so it wants to stop us doing anything new the best mm. way of stopping you doing anything new is to make you feel like crap right mm. to make you feel scared inadequate less and so those two things those stories mm. and that negative voice is what stops us from from feeling that way so the journey that I share with people and take people on uh, is to see that they never were, you, you, you are not, never have been, and never will be that negative voice in your head. Mm-hmm. That when you kind of take a step back from that voice and you recognise that you can you can observe it and consider what it's saying but not be captured by it, then you have the ability to make different choices. The second part of that is to recognise... Um, that those stories that we tell ourselves are nearly always misunderstandings or lies or illusions, right? And that it creates that it creates an identity based on inadequacy, scarcity, or doubt, right? Mm-hmm. And it's that sense of, as I said, of I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable. Now, uh, because those stories I just said are just misunderstandings, because I always say this to people, one of the simplest ways is, we think, particularly when we're going through divorce, a very common thing is that uh, my value is disappearing with the end of my marriage and with the loss of my family, right? Uh-huh. Well, so we've created a, an identity, what I kind of call a success identity, that's anchored to that context, right? Now, what I always say is, particularly for those that have kids, I don't know if you have kids yourself, but okay. if you could you could you ever go and say with integrity to your kids that if a relationship they're in broke up, that they're not good enough anymore. Hmm. No. Is there any truth that your children's value diminishes because uh, partner, girlfriend, boyfriend decides, I've decided that it's time for this relationship to come to an end. So then I always say that if you can't say that to your children with integrity, how can you say it to yourself? Hmm. And even more importantly, and I say this to people a lot, You've got to remember that our kids model what we do, not what we say, right? True. And so when we model that we are okay, our value doesn't diminish because of the end of a relationship, then our kids see that too. So can you see that all all I'm doing as I'm going through that process is connecting people with the truth? Because I would say, at one point, you were that young child.
0: True.
1: So I keep saying to people, tell me the magical age when that sense of their value disappears, right? Is it 12? Is it 15? Is it 20? Right. right. It's, it's a misunderstanding and line illusion that says that that matters. Cause what it is, is it says that, um, that we have functional value instead of what I call inherent value, right. that we are valuable because right. That we're valuable because we're a father. We're valuable because we're a husband. We're valuable because we earn money. We're valuable because our wife loves us
0: right.
1: uh, as opposed to just like I said, with your children, They're valuable because of who they are. All of those other things are just kind of layers on top of that, but they're not the core of their value. And in that understanding of the truth, we can start to have a different relationship with ourselves uh, that allows us to uh, let go of those lies that make us feel terrible. Yeah, so in terms of I and I man, yeah,
0: a hundred percent agree. Uh, and it's a, a really uh, especially if you have children and I do, it's a really refreshing way to to view it. It's a really uh really I don't know the word. It's a really for lack of a better word, great lens to view things mm. through. It's really I've never heard of it in that way, and that's that's uh that's pretty amazing. Um I want to talk about that negative voice because you mentioned that, and that is a problem that we obviously, I think, all struggle with. And so, in those moments, is it a matter of being mindful of the negative voice and and correcting it, so to speak, or um, like it, uh, in the moment, on the spot, or is it a matter of catching it and some sort of phrase or mo- I don't want I don't know if we use the word mantra, but something that you always lean on. In other words, like, if you're like, oh, I'm a piece of shit, is there something that you, do you dive into that particular statement about yourself and and sort of pick that apart? Or is there something that no matter what it is, I'm a piece of shit, I'm lazy, blah, blah, blah. Is there a particular thing that you always fall back upon? Yeah,
1: so there's, there's, there's two things. So the power to get in control of that voice is to become the non-judgmental observer of it, yeah. okay? Now, what that means is that... Uh, so when that voice it says you're a piece of shit, you're terrible, you're worthless, etc., right? Instead of thinking that that is you, it's take that step back and look at it, right? Just become the observer of it, because in that distance we suddenly put ourselves in a position of choice, right? Instead of being captured by it, and then to observe it, there's three questions I ask myself, right? Remember non-judgmental, so you're just going to look, right? Because your ego wants you to rush and judge and go, yes, I am terrible, yes, I am a piece of crap, yes, I am worthless. The three questions are, is it true? Is it helpful? Would I choose it? Is it true? Is it helpful? Would I choose it? Now, just unpack those a second. Let's say, let's take the thing, I'm a piece of shit, right? right. So, so, is it true, right? Well, I would argue that it's very hard to say someone is universally 100% a piece of shit, right? And again, I go back to my point about, would you say it to your children, right? So remember, there's, when we go to court, three parts of the oath, it's the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, right? Right. Okay, the non-judgmental observer would say, I might be not enjoying the context I'm in right now, and I might be feeling pretty bad, but it isn't a fundamental, inalterable, everlasting truth about me, right? I'm having a bad moment. Uh, Is it the whole truth? Well, it's one part of my life, but actually, I'm a great father, right? I love my children. I do all these things. I'm really successful in other areas of my life, even if my marriage is falling apart right now. Right. Right? So remember, it's the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, right? So what our ego tends to do is take one tiny element of things that we're feeling bad about and then universalize it to make us feel, right? right. So that's the is it true part. Is it helpful? Well, again, would you ever choose it for your children? Right? Right. Does it help you in any way? Uh, and again, would I choose it? In this moment, would I choose it to help me get to the place where I want to be, become the person that I want to be in this context. So when I see that, I can very quickly see that my ego is feeding me these lines to keep me stuck and to keep me playing small, right? Yeah. Because if I feel inadequate, if I feel awful, it's a pretty good way of stopping me taking the steps forward that I need to build my life in the way that makes sense for me. And so it's really that process. I'm just observing it. I'm looking at it. I'm not judging it. I'm not judging myself. Those three questions. And when I see that, now I said, now I'm in the place of choice because the whole purpose of this is to say, just because that voice says it, I don't have to follow it. Right? What I instead choose to do, we can mention this in a, in a second, is I, the question I ask myself is what would the best version for me do now? Mm. Because the opposite of my ego is my highest aspiration, and every time I ignore that negative voice and choose my highest aspiration, uh, then I'm living as that best version of me. Every time I do that, I feel pretty good about who I am, and I'm because I'm now not captured by that voice. I can I can go there. So I remember once when, you know, I had a really difficult moment in the divorce, and you know, like lots of these things, they weren't weren't happy. Uh, I remember one of my coaches at the time, Stephen, saying, choose a response that aligns with the best version of you, not a reaction that aligns with the worst. Mm. Is that always really easy? No. No. (laughs) Divorce is a difficult process. Fuck yeah, it Uh, is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But every time, but again, what Stephen, my coach Stephen said to me was, I don't give anyone else the power to make me less than who I am. That's really, very imp-
0: yeah, it's really it really is about uh a large part of it anyhow is being mindful right of, of being mindful and being able to sort of separate your core from that voice
1: right yes yes because because as i said who who we are we, we're not that voice and so by um there's a simple trick <clears throat> that I use to kind of make sure I'm in control of my mind most of the time. And it's very, very powerful. Something came from one of my other mentors, a guy called Andy Shaw, who, who taught me this, and it's it's really extraordinarily powerful. Now, it's going to sound simple, which means our egos want to dismiss it, right? You know, it's almost like if I gave you a much more complicated answer, people would go, that's great. That's the secret master key, right? right, right. So it's really simple. And I say that so you don't, dis- you know, people don't dismiss it. Sure. So the trick is, can you hold... 15 seconds of uninterrupted positive thought right which sounds like it should be really easy the first time i tried to do this it took me four and a half hours right so i had this lovely memory of my oldest daughter singing to me one time and uh i was right in the midst of the divorce and i could think of it for about a third maybe half of a second Mm. before it was like bang 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 you're going to lose your home what happens with you uh, you're going to lose your job you could go bankrupt yeah. what if this happens what if she does this yeah or you 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 name it right it was just sucker punching me all over the place now after four and a half hours I finally managed to do 15 seconds now what that meant was that for the first time in years I had that moment of peace and clarity it was only a moment but it was more peace and clarity than I'd had for years yeah. and as I was like, uh, rinse and repeat i did it over and over again to the point where there was no place when i couldn't do it it meant that what it does is it kind of kills your ego in the moment you can never fully kill your ego forever but it kills your ego and so if you think of its pulses of kind of when you're more and more in the real you instead of your ego being in charge and that puts me in the right place to be able to do that technique that i showed you you know observe the voice those three questions right.
0: Well, uh, Andrew, uh, man, um, this was, this was really awesome. Uh, I, I want to do uh, two, two things. Uh, the last question I asked everyone, and I want to give the opportunity to you, for you to, uh, to, um, let people know how to get a hold of you. Uh, and, uh, and I think you had mentioned some, uh, uh I, I don't want to give it away. So, um, so let's talk, uh, words of wisdom. Uh, and this, this feels way too short and we're going to have to do it again because, I um, really I really enjoy uh, the, I think that, I think for me, the word coming up is intelligence, you're clearly a smart guy. I really love the intelligence and clarity with what you're saying. Um, so I got to have you back, but, but, uh, this one was a, a short one, uh, due to, due to some specific purposes. So, um, what are some words of wisdom that you would impart to a man who has just gotten notified? Maybe he just got papers. Maybe she said, I'm out. What are some words, words of wisdom you would impart to that man?
1: So, so two things. So the first one is in that moment, we end up feeling deeply inadequate and terrible about ourselves generally, that we've been rejected. And remember that, that point that I said at the beginning, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken and you don't need fixing that your value never came from. It was an illusion that your value ever came from the marriage. The marriage may have been a wonderful part of your life and an important part of your life, but it wasn't where your value came from. And that uh, when you get, Your mindset and your confidence in the right place, your ability to create a life that completely makes sense and is full of everything you want it to be, is a hundred percent there for you. Uh, And I don't mean this in a flippant way. My life is a hundred percent better than it was before the divorce because of because of all of that. So there's not only I don't even like the word hope. It's not even hope. It's absolutely available to you uh, when you see yourself in the right way and what's available to you. Excellent. Uh, excellent words. Uh,
0: Andrew, thank you so much for doing this. Um, how can people find you? I know you, you, we had talked about um, you wanted to, to address some of that, how they can find you and what you're offering and that kind of stuff. So, sure.
1: uh, Yeah. So people can find me in a couple of ways on social media, on Instagram. Uh, my handle is um, Unstoppable Self-Confidence. Uh, and my personal one, Andrew Liedem, you can find me both on, on um, Instagram that way. Uh, alternatively, you can go to my website, which is just unstoppable self-confidence.com. Uh, and in the top, there's a big button that says upgrade your mindset. And there's a free program if anyone would like to get it that way.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for, for doing that. Uh, I, I, I personally will check it out because um, like I said, there's something about uh, the way you speak uh, certainly, uh, and, and the confidence and clarity in which you speak it, um, is, um, I, I'm excited to, to dive into what you have
1: to offer. Fantastic. No, thank you. It's great talking to you and happy to do this again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll be in touch. Uh, thanks, Andrew. Take care. Cheers. Right, bye. Thank you so much for watching and or listening. Thank you to Nick Coyle and Lifer for allowing me to use their song, Born Again, which you're hearing now and at the intro to the podcast. Thank you to Justin Dullehanty and all of my brothers at The Alpha Code. Please visit the website, risingphoenixpodcast.com, to connect with me and other like-minded men who are looking to thrive and grow after their divorce. And remember to surround yourself with people who add value to your life, who challenge you to be greater than you were yesterday, who sprinkle magic into your existence like you do to theirs. Life is not meant to be done alone. Find your tribe. Take care.